listening to Spurs Cast, episode 466. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me on episode 466 will be Project Spurs writer Victoria Virial. You can follow her on Twitter at the Vicky Vix. Vicky and I will get into a discussion about the Spurs' opening night win against the Minnesota Timberwolves, minus Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker. We'll go. We'll give a little bit of a breakdown of that game. Just go a little bit further in depth of on offense and defense and the closing lineup for the Spurs and who some of their standout players were. Then we will discuss the team option that the Spurs picked up for Dejounte Murray earlier in the week, which will keep him in the San Antonio jersey next season for sure. Uh, the Lamarcus Aldridge extension that was signed on Monday, where Aldridge will be remain with the Spurs for the next three years, uh, signing that seventy-two point three million dollar extension. And then lastly, we'll get into the Spurs uh, Twitter questions that you all, the fans, uh, provided for us using the hashtag SpursCast with a number of different topics. The Spurs' bench goes in. We go into depth about them. Uh, Rudy Gay signing, what he's going to bring, um, what the loss of Jonathan Simmons means. Um, and then, of course, when, when Kawhi eventually does return, what, what does Cal Marcus Aldridge still keep up that, 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 um, that play that he's been showing early on in the season? And lastly, we will uh, preview the next three games for the Spurs um, from Saturday at Chicago to Monday against Toronto in San Antonio, and then uh, next Wednesday when they play at Miami before episode 467 of the Spurs cast is recorded. So uh, please enjoy my conversation with Victoria. And now speaking with me over Skype is our own ProjectSpurs.com writer, Vicky, Victoria Viriel. You can follow her on Twitter at the Vicky Vix. Uh, Vicky, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well. Okay, you ready? Awesome. Yeah, it's good to have you on for your. This is your first time, right? Coming on the Spurs Cast. Yes. Okay. Yes, awesome. So yeah, um, I've I've obviously taken over as the as the host of the Spurs Cast. I'm going to make sure that I get all of our writers on um, as frequent as possible to make sure that everybody you know gets 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 some um, gets their voice on for the site, but also on the um, podcast as well. Okay, so listeners, as I mentioned, uh, Vic, uh, Vicky and I are going to uh, go ahead and break down a uh, you know Wednesday evening's game where the Spurs beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then uh, we're going to talk about the most recent news with DeJounte Murray getting his option picked, picked up by the Spurs for next season and then the Marcus Aldridge's three-year extension. And then from there, we'll go into some Twitter questions that you all had for us um, using the hashtag SpursCast. So let's go ahead and begin with the uh, game Wednesday evening. The Spurs opened up their season without Kawhi Leonard and without Tony Parker with a 107-99 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. San Antonio was only favored by a point and a half. The last time I had checked the Vegas um, odds, and they ended up winning by eight points. And really, they were up by 13. It was There was a point there where you, where, where you thought that the Spurs were going to blow it open. So one of the standout players was uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. He finishes with 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. Vicky, what do you think of his game as uh, the focal point of the offense without Kawhi? Um, I was thoroughly pleased with LaMarcus's play last night. I was – I – I've had my ups and downs in my, um, I guess, feelings about Aldridge since we got him. Um, and he has these really great games every once in a while. It's kind of like, you know, where is this guy all the time? Um, so it was great. I loved seeing him like that. But really, for me, it's going to be kind of an issue of, is he going to continue this? Is it going to continue, especially after Kawhi comes back? And the focus isn't really all on him um, being the main go-to guy. But I was really pleased. Um you know, 25 points, 10 rebounds, and, you know, they were split offensive and defensively, which was great because I know last year I feel like he kind of struggled on the defensive boards here and there. Um, you know, he played well on both ends of the court, and I kind of saw some improvement on him taking it to the rim. He wasn't as hesitant. I really liked that I saw him making a couple of layups here and there. Um, and then, you know, just assisting, like, that's a really good 
asset to have in one of the big men. Um, and he did a great job of that. I really hope to see that continue um, into the future because I think he's great. I want to believe in him. I want to be happy with him. And if he continues playing like he did last night or even, you know, a third of that, I mean, not a third, three fourths of that, I mm-hmm. would, I would really be happy. Yeah. One of the things that I saw was that he just, he looks so much more comfortable where you can just tell because when he like gets the ball in, in the post or at the three point line, he just kind of palms it and he's just right. kind of like faking passes out. That's the old LaMarcus from two years ago at Portland. You know, that, that LaMarcus was just, he, he wasn't afraid of anybody. He wasn't hesitant with his shot. And that's what you saw last night. And, and you're right where, what is this LaMarcus going to look like when Kawhi comes back um, eventually down the road here? And we're going to get into that in more detail later on. And then also something else. You mentioned how he was taking to, to the rim more, which is which is obviously an improvement the Spurs needed. But another factor was that he um, he was shooting the three ball. He wasn't hesitant. You know, he spotted up in the corner if he didn't have the ball. He um, he did some of those those pick and pops from three instead of instead of the mid range. And then, you know, Taj Gibson's obviously undersized, but he still took it to Taj Gibson and had a really good night against him. But because Taj is known as a really like a um, very like physical hus- hustle type defender. And LaMarcus obviously had his way with him. So that bodes well for the Spurs going forward right now without Kawhi that LaMarcus, you know, against some, some of the better defensive players, maybe undersized Taj Gibson is he had his way with him. Mm-hmm. The next player I want to talk about is Rudy Gay. He made his Spurs debut and actually his NBA debut since last January when he when he um, got injured mm-hmm. with that horrific leg injury. So Rudy finishes oh, with Rudy finishes with 14 points, um, five rebounds and two assists off the bench. And what was really interesting was that Pop in this first game ever already wanted to close with him when, when the last six minutes of the ball game, when it got really close and Minnesota had the chance to win it, Pop decided to go with Rudy Gay at the four. So what were your overall impressions of Rudy Gay? Um, I was impressed. I wasn't completely sure he was going to come out as strong, um, especially considering his injury last season. Um, but I was really glad to see him being really athletic. He was confident. Um, he seemed to fit really well in um, chemistry-wise with the other guys on the court. Um, in the closing lineup, yeah, I was really impressed with the way he handled himself. Of course, I mean, you know, he's been in the league you know, a good amount of time and, you know, his credit is due to him, but to come out in his first game with the Spurs and score 14 points in itself is kind of, you know, that's a really great accomplishment. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm really glad, uh, having him on the bench, I think was coming off the bench was really a good, good thing since I feel like the bench is a little bit, it's struggling a little bit right now. Um, at this point, but I, I was really happy with him. Um, five for nine shooting. You can't really ask much more, um, from somebody. I think he really gelled and he really, he he moved the ball well. He accepted it well. (laughs) Um, and he had some big plays that were just kind of uplifting for the Spurs. Yeah. And one thing that I, what what I was just noticing was that basically he's taking Jonathan Simmons's role, which is that backup three behind Kawhi. And I mean, that's like a luxury that you're getting instead of Simmons, you're getting Rudy Gay, a guy who's a polished veteran, (laughs) you know, a 20 plus point per game score in his career who can easily just put up, like you mentioned, nine shots. He puts up 14 points. Um, And then one thing I saw was that he's going to get the easiest shots he's had in a long time. Meaning like there was just two or three mm-hmm. dunks, like just dunks because the guys just move the ball. Manu gets him a wide open um, pass in the, in the half court. Um, he's strolling right. down the, the court. They, they feed him in the open court. I mean, he's in a, his, his percentage should be really up there. And then 
when the defense does, um, you know, hold the Spurs a little bit and the and the clock's winding down, they went to Gay a few times at the post in a one-on-one situation, and then he goes back to that mentality of, oh yeah, I used to be a 25 plus per point per game scorer, and he can easily <laughs> take somebody one-on-one. So I mean, it's just it's just another luxury that the Spurs have, and obviously we have to see if he's gonna um, pan out as far as like his health-wise, because this is you know that that was a really bad injury to come back from. But yeah, I mean, defensively he, he gives them so much length. He was getting his hands in there on passing lanes. Um, he, he just brings another, you know, tier to that that bench unit, and then as we mentioned, uh, he can now close out with it with the, with the starters as well. Exactly. Uh, the next player, let's move on to is uh, the young the young player, Dejounte Murray. He makes his his uh, sophomore debut. Um, you had written about him earlier in the week, and then mm-hmm. also our our writer Tom Petrini wrote about him as well. And um, you know, he he's basically shown what 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 he th- those signs there is that he's so long, he's so athletic, he has so much talent as far as um that's that's basically hasn't been developed yet. So he finishes with 16 points on almost a perfect night shooting, seven of eight shooting, uh, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, and one block. What did you think of Dejounte's first start uh, in his sophomore season? Um, I was really really pleased with him. I've of course always been a Murray fan. Um, always been a believer of him. I was really happy to see him come out playing well. Um, I know he's improved a lot since his, I mean, I can see some improvement since his um, rookie season. And I think he just, he handles himself pretty well for, you know, he's, this is a guy who's only been in the league two years. He's, I think yesterday they mentioned it. He would really, he would be a junior in college at this point. Um, He plays very poised. And I saw a couple of plays where, you know, he just like puts like he just puts um, so much force behind him, his like running and his fast breaks. He just like blows everybody out of the water, which is really exciting and something cool to see since he's so young. He can outrun a lot of the guys in the league and he's got some great height for a point guard, but he's still got the speed. Um so it was really exciting to see that, and I was a little bit surprised. I didn't know if he would come out in the very first game having such a a good game. Um, I mean, he was the, what was it? I think he was the third top scorer. That's something that's really, I think, going to be kind of helpful for the Spurs as they go through the season, knowing that they can have somebody that can rely on not only Tony Parker, um, which has been something they've been I guess, kind of trying to do, uh, considering that really like Tony is a veteran. He's, you know, not a spring chicken anymore. We need somebody who's going to, you know, fill in their, fill in those shoes for him. I'm sure that's what they're thinking. So having, seeing DeJounte come out like he did last night is, I think it should give the Spurs a little bit of confidence. Um, they look like they're in good hands. Yeah, and one of the things that really struck out to me was one of his quotes right after the game where he says that the coaching staff, they want me to be greedy on defense. And that that really struck me because that's something that they don't put they don't let a lot of guys have leeway as far as like gambling and trying to get into passing lanes and anticipate steals. Mm-hmm. Guys that come to mind that can do that are like Kawhi, obviously, Manu early in his career, and then still today he hearing that that respect from Pop and that that kind of trust, Danny Green. You know, they don't mm-hmm. They're a very um, fundamental type of defense where, like, if, if you if you gamble too much, you can really break apart their defense. And so that's why only certain players have that um, that ability. But but because he's so long, he's so athletic, the coaching staff is pushing him to be, you know, get in passing leads. Um, Manu had mentioned last week that he's like a pest on defense. He's annoying to play <laughs> against because of how long he is. And you just see it. You know, Jeff Teague's like 
Murray's six five. Jeff Teague's only like six foot two, and he just you know he just swallows him up with all that length. You know he he had he had he deflected a few of his shots there. Um, he really like I, like I mentioned, he's just harassing him a lot of the times. And that's something that that they just don't have on the start in, in any of their point guards. Like with Patty Mills, you know, even when he's playing, he he's energetic, but he's not long like that, and really bothers you. And the same thing for Parker; he's already you know 30 plus years old, and he just never had that type of defensive ability. So I really think that Murray has a lot of upside. I'm not sure he's going to score 16 points a game. You know, that was a really good shooting night from him, seven right. from eight, <laughs> seven of eight from the from the field. But um, he, you know, if he can give them 12, 14 points, that's something that Tony was already giving them. But then, and then for him just to bring that defensive ability and still be able to run the show is a really good benefit for them. And it, it does get interesting, you know, come November, December, when Parker comes back, I really think he needs to, um, he needs to compete with Murray for that starting spot. It's not just going to be handed right. right back to him. Exactly. But, I was seeing that <laughs> just yesterday watching him. The next player let's transition to is uh, Danny Green. He scores uh, 17 points, um, grabs four rebounds, uh, dishes two assists, uh, gathers two steals, and also collects, like usual, two blocks. Danny's one of the better defensive two guards in the league. That's why he made the second All-NBA defensive team last year. One thing I noticed was his, his off-the-dribble game. Uh, what did you notice from Danny there in that first game? Um, I think I saw a lot more movement from him than I've been seeing or than I than I saw last season anyway. Um, I was I was pretty impressed. He hadn't been playing too well. I think um, offensively he hadn't played well in the last uh, the toward the end of last season. Um, but I was surprised with his movement. He was moving the ball around a lot more. Um, I saw him setting screens. I think here and there, and I just really I felt like he was a little bit more. Um, confident? I don't know. I feel like in I hadn't seen that much um, confidence from him as of late, which was really surprising. And it was glad. I mean, I was glad to see that. I was glad to see him come out. And you know, he was shooting threes like he's used to, knocking them down. And he just seemed more poised. I think he's moving into more of a veteran role with the team. He's hopefully becoming more confident, more um, at ease with his playing style. Yeah. And one thing I noticed was that you were right. The, 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 that's the perfect word. They're confident. He's just, he, he's, he's actually dribbling the ball a lot more when they run him off the three point line. He starts taking that, that dribble and he was taking those um, off balance um, mid range shots. He made a lot of them. I don't think he's going to do that a lot this season as much <laughs> like, like he was doing last night with 17 points worth. But um, and, you know, when you're when you're playing off the ball like that and you and you have more more um, command in the offense, it just b- builds your confidence because you can feel like you can make anything. So, of course, when he got that that pull up jumper from three, he made it uh, when he had some of those spot up jumpers late in the game from three. He easily drilled those. And I haven't seen this confidence in Danny since like almost the 2014 season when they had those running gun spurs. It was actually I hate to say it, but before LaMarcus got into San Antonio, um, Danny, just his, his three point shooting his, it's just his confidence with the ball. He just hasn't looked as as he's looked a little bit more tentative since then. And his percentages have dropped a little little bit since that that last year before LaMarcus came I think it was 2015 actually but um yeah. now now you know you saw last night the, the play which was when he just drove the ball down the floor and shot a, a, a pull-up jumper three that shows a confident Danny Green back and we'll obviously see right. um how much he sustains this one thing to keep in mind though is that again Kawhi's not here that's a guy who has the ball in his hands most of the time um, when he's playing the game so Danny doesn't get to touch the ball as much when Kawhi's there and so for now he's getting more um, more hand on the offense and in fact I think I looked at his usage percentage and it was like third on the team last night with 25 percent. Oh, wow. And that's something that you see. Danny really has the ball in his hands. He's like at a 12 percent last season and he was up to 25. So he had, he had a lot of responsibility and he, he made the most of it. 
Um, the next player let's move on to is a Mono Ginobili, 40-year-old um, player who's just making an impact night in, night out. Nine points, uh, four assists, three rebounds. The stat, the stat sheet doesn't pop out to you, but for his limited minutes off the bench, every time him and Patty Mills and Rudy Gay came in, that the, the bench just almost built a 10-point lead automatically. You could just see how much fun they're having still. Uh, what do you think about Monty's um, first game back um, after he almost retired this past summer? <laughs> I I was happy. I was really happy with his play. I I mean, he just keeps surprising me. Like he, you know, a few years ago we thought he was going to retire. Last year thought he was going to retire, and then this year, you know, he comes in and I think he looked even better than he did maybe three years ago. Um, he. I don't know what he's done, but he must be on some really kind of strict diet. He looks really good and young, agile, as agile as ever. Um, you see him getting in there, getting, you know, in the face of his defenders like he always has. He had a steal, you know. I mean, this is a 40-year-old guy. Like, he's playing like like he's 30, you know. So I was really happy with that. Even to see him score um, nine points was, you know, something that made me feel like – He's still got something in him. He still can be utilized by the team. Um, and you're right. When he comes in, when Rudy Gay came in, there was just kind of a spark that lit up in the Spurs that only great players can do when they come off the bench. Um, made me really happy. I was happy to see him moving around, looking fresh. There was one hit he took that I was kind of like, oh, gosh, please, you know, get up from this. Um, I think he took a hit to the back at one point in the game, but you know, he looks fine. He looks young. He looks good. He looks fresh. I, at this point, I feel like he could play, you know, another few years, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And I think the biggest thing is that he's already starting to develop chemistry with Gay and with uh, Joffrey Laverne. He, he had this really nice, mm-hmm. like almost like no look past the Laverne and then Laverne kicked it out to Powell for an open three, which Powell missed the three, but still it was good. You can just tell chemistry is brewing between them. And that has started back in preseason. And then with Rudy Gay as well, he's just finding Rudy on those cuts. And Rudy's, you know, lo- looking for him as well. So he's just going to make, you know, that bench unit is just going to stay really strong with Manu. And, um, and, and you know, with the schedule now being extended a little bit as far as, like, days off in between, there's not as many, you know, f- what is it, four, right. four, four games and five nights, whatever they, what that was. And the back-to-backs mm-hmm. have decreased. I think this is really going to be beneficial for Manu because Pop won't have to rest him or limit his minutes as much. You can kind of have him fresh every – if they're going to play every two or three days, it's, it's going to really keep him fresh for a majority of the season. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about uh, one last thing from that game uh, was the closing group. It was interesting, like I mentioned um, earlier. In the last um, in the last uh, four, four minutes, 25 seconds of the game, the Spurs were only up by one point. Um, uh, and it was – and so Pop decided to put in a group of Patty Mills, Monty Ginobili – uh, Danny Green, Lamarcus, uh, Rudy Gay, and Lamarcus Aldridge. So he put Gay at the four and Aldridge at the five, uh, while right. keeping Mills, Mono, and Green in there. And in that time frame, they outscored Minnesota fourteen to five, and they um, they actually went when they went out finally with ten seconds left, they were by ten points. So they yeah. basically closed the game on their own. What without Kawhi being there, what did you think about just that that defensive um, you know lockdown defense that they played there in those last uh, basically five minutes of the game? I mean, to me, the biggest um, surprise from that is Aldridge um, playing center. Like, you don't see that often. And, you know, he's been a power forward his whole career. That's his true position. But I think he performed really well um, in that spot. It was it was pretty cool. I mean, we could trust him in a way that um, I hope we can continue to trust him as time goes on. 
Um, so I think that was the most surprising thing to me. Um, having, I think also having Mills in was a little bit shocking. Um, I mean, you know, but Patty Mills has always been, um, one of the, he's been an option in the closing lineup. Um, but I was kind of surprised that DeJounte didn't get put back in. Um, and then of course, Rudy Gay just was poised, I guess, for the first game with the Spurs, I saw a poise with him. Um, Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, one thing I want to say was you, you mentioned Rudy Gay there was like how he was grabbing those rebounds late. You know, it was offensive boards and he got fouled. So he basically started putting the game away there in the closing mm-hmm. moments. So you're right about Aldridge playing center. And I think that we're going to get this question later by, by, the, by the Spurs cast listeners. But I think that eventually they do want Murray to be that guy closing games down the stretch because of his defense right. ability. Patty's obviously really good, He's but but he still can get mismatched in, into into switches. And they, they eventually want Murray to be that guy. But I think on offense, they just don't trust Murray just yet. He's a little bit too, still too raw in a close, you know, crunch time game. To, but right. they're going to have to obviously throw him in the fire here pretty soon. OK, so moving on from the um, the, the game, the, obviously the Spurs are 1-0 to start the season. Let's move on to, to some news from earlier in the week. Uh, the Spurs announced uh, that they have uh, picked up the team option on DeJounte Murray for next season, which is only $1.5 to keep him um, for, the, for next year of his contract. Obviously, this isn't a surprise. He's a young player. He has so much um, so much potential. So that, that that wasn't shocking. But here's my question, though, Vicky. What do you think this has as far as Tony Parker's summer coming up? He's going to be a, an unrestricted free agent. The Spurs have the chance, the choice to either keep his cap hold on the books, meaning that they can go over the cap to re-sign him, or um, uh, relinquishing that cap hold and then kind of just either using an exception to sign him or seeing, you know, will he take an even smaller amount than what they're anticipating? What do you think Murray's future? You know, being on being for sure on the team next year uh, has has in mind has in store for Tony Parker so early in, in, in the season right now. Um, I think that it's kind of one of those things that bad timing is because <laughs> um, I mean, you know, Dejounte is on the rise. He's a young point guard who's performing well. Obviously, I think even Tony Parker sees that this is the way that the Spurs are going to go. Um, you know, I mean, it happened when Tony Parker came in. He, you know, had to fill the role of point guard, even knocking out a veteran at the time. Um, so I think that I don't think that the Spurs aren't going to resign Tony Parker um, because, you know, he's a franchise player. He still has something to offer. I mean, I think we haven't seen him back from his injury. Um, but I do think that, like, the example that was set with Tim Duncan and Manu, I think Tony will probably even accept something a little lower, um, a little lower of an offer than he would get if he was somewhere else or if he was somebody else at another team. Um, so I think that it's kind of in everybody's heads that it's just kind of starting to shift that way. And maybe the injury would just kind of pushed it to happen a little bit before, but in a way I think it's, in maybe in the best interest of DeJounte Murray, first of all, to be able to get that experience in such an important role and position um, with a team that has had a point guard who has been as constant as Tony Parker. Um, so I think that it's just kind of a transitioning time, kind of growing pains, but I think it's probably all good in the end. Do you, do you think that Maybe they, like you mentioned, I, I honestly don't think either that they would let Parker go just because you're right. He's going to be, he's one of the big three. He, they're going to eventually retire his jersey here in San Antonio. Right. 
do you think that maybe they give him you know a decent offer? You know, something like you mentioned, like Momanu and Tim took took pay cuts down the stretch of their career. They do that, and then maybe they trade Patty Mills next summer or you know at some time next season, just because that's a lot of you're gonna have some money tied to three players there, and there's only two positions that are open at a point guard. What do you think would happen with Patty if Parker does come back? Um, you know, I I like Patty Mills, but I do know that between the three of them, the two that I think would stay would be um, Murray and Parker, just because, you know, the rapport with Parker and then, of course, the talent of Murray and him being so young. Um, with Mills, unless he could transition into a um, backup two position, I think he's kind of not really at the top of the list for so, the yeah, Spurs. He'd probably be the, mm-hmm. Probably be the odd man out then in that situation if they bring back right. Parker is what I would think. Yeah, I, I agree with you there as well. Uh, next topic is uh, that, that we heard on Monday. Monday was the um, kind of a surprising topic. You know, it was a LaMarcus Aldridge extension. You know, it was a casual Monday, and then all of a sudden, you know, afternoon comes, and here's the Woj bomb. Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge are in, in advanced talks for a contract extension. And, you know, I was obviously very surprised because of the whole history. You know, we've heard that Aldridge is unhappy. The Spurs, you know, they, they want to admit it. But, um, you know, various reports and even Aldridge has admitted that they were shopping him. And he was actually um, looking to be shopped as well. He was open to different places. He didn't have a lot of value out on the trade market. And also, he's not going to have a lot of value coming up. Um, he'll, he'll have value, but he won't get the numbers that he wanted um, if he becomes an unrestricted free agent this summer. So he, he, he and the Spurs decided um, that it's, it, it was in the best interest of both parties to, to get him to re-up. Um, the, the reported deal was three years, 72.72.3 million. Um, and basically he's getting the 22 million that he was supposed to get if he opted in this, this coming summer, plus an additional, uh, I think it's 24, 26 million. And then in the third year of that contract, when he's 35 years old, the year 2021, it's only going to be uh, 7 million guaranteed. So they could decide to waive him or stretch him or try to trade him at that point. So what did you think? Um, Basically, the Marcus is here until age 35. He's going to be playing with Kawhi as, as, his, as his wingman. Uh, and, you know, obviously, hopefully Murray, if, if he develops into that. What did you think about the Aldridge extension? Um, I was shocked uh, just because of everything you mentioned. Um, you know, the trade talks, the I don't know if they're rumors because, I mean, I read an ESPN article just Monday after the signing that um, stated that Pop and Marcus had voiced their um, – Mutual unhappiness, I guess. Um, so I was a little bit shocked with that. Um, but, I mean, you know, I'm willing to trust the Spurs, Spurs management. Um, I'm, I trust Coach Popovich. I think that, you know, it's willing – I mean, I'm willing to see where this takes him. The only thing I'm still kind of, you know, uneasy about is that he's – I think he's the highest paid Spur um, am I right? Yes, or, he is. Until next right, summer when they yeah. give Kawhi the super max, then <laughs> right, exactly. Kawhi will, Kawhi will really get paid compared to everybody right. else. Um, and I mean, I have no problem with. Well, I guess I do have a little bit of a problem with that because of the fact that, you know, he is the top paid spur. He was the top paid spur last um, season, and he didn't perform like a top paid player. Um, and I know, you know, he's got his history. He you know, came from Portland where he was a big deal, bigger deal, I think, than he feels or felt like he was when he came here. Um, but I think just, you know, that cap space isn't going to replenish itself. Yeah. <laughs> so that Good. Um, so it's just a little concerning for me in the long run um, when we think about the future. 
Yeah, and that was a clear sign that I think that San Antonio felt like they weren't going to have a chance at a marquee guy. Uh, you know, there's obviously been some rumors of LeBron maybe getting a meeting with them this summer. Um, just different kind of players. Chris Paul will be back on the free agent mark, market if if uh, if he doesn't work out in Houston. So like, there's a, there's a number of guys out there. Paul George. Uh, there's me, Demarcus Cousins. I don't think Cousins would come to San Antonio, but anyway, there's a few All Stars out there. And it, it was interesting to see that they've obviously um, – I, I did a video on Project Spurs just showing their cap situation this coming summer. And, and it shows that they probably aren't going to go that route of trying to chase that marquee guy. Maybe more right. so just trying to retool around Kawhi, Aldridge, and Pau Gasol um, as far as like salary-wise. That's what they have locked in. And you're right. Going forward, you know, next summer, LaMarcus will be the, the highest-paid spur this season. But then um, Kawhi's supposed to sign – he's eligible to sign that extension next season with that super max okay. that, you know, that basically Russell Westbrook and James Harden, all these guys have gotten. And that's going to make him very, very rich, man. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so now now we're going to move on to the, to the section of our of – our, kind of like the random section of our of our Spurs cast, which is uh, this, the Twitter questions. Um, you know, you, the fans um, – Went on to Twitter, you logged in, and you, you used hashtag SpursCast to send us some questions. Thank you very much. So what I'll do is I'll read your 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 Twitter handle, your question, and then Vicky will respond first, and I'll give my response as well. And so there's a few here. Okay, so our first question comes from at NathanPF1. They ask, when Kawhi is back, what should be the close game um, lineup, the, the, the basically like the closing lineup? What do you think, Vicky? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I think that depending on – if DeJounte's gotten more experience, I would like to have DeJounte in at the close. Um, and, uh, you know, Manu, I think Manu's always been a great, a great um, asset toward the end of the game with his, you know, random steals and great defense. Um, I think Danny Green, he, well, Danny Green, obviously, yes, because of the defense that he's developing as well. And he's got, you know, his stop and shoot ability. Um, I think we'd go small <laughs> because I'd want Kawhi and then Aldridge. Um, I know that we did it a few times. The Spurs did it a few times last season and it seems to work having that option on offense, having a bunch of shooters out there. Just in my opinion, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think mine's very similar, but I would throw Rudy Gay in there. So I'd have, um, you know, let's say that Murray's not developed yet, Pop doesn't trust him. Then I'd have Manu, Danny Green, Kawhi, Rudy Gay, and Aldridge. You know, all five guys can switch defensively. There's not really a mismatch if you get like a Stephen Curry or James Harden in a pick-and-roll situation on if they're on offense and the Spurs players on defense. But I think the highest ceiling is Murray where, you know, he's so long. Imagine him. Danny, Kawhi, and Rudy just out there guarding on the wing. Like it's it's hard to score on all. They could just literally hold out their arms and they're all going to be touching each other. It's it's that long. Like they could, <laughs> yeah, they could almost like build like a fence because because they're so long and athletic. Um, and then they're all capable defensively. They're all gamblers. You know, they they can they they have good anticipation skills. So I think the exactly. most upside that's their best closing game lineup. Um, but you know, if, if Murray doesn't show that that trust from Pop or, or Pop trust him, then I think it would definitely be Manu because he can play the two guard and the one guard uh, just for you know a few minutes here, even at, even at his age, and he's not really a liability. Mm-hmm. Okay, our next question comes from at rxpat13. They ask, do you think Aldridge can sustain this level of play when Kawhi comes back? Hmm, that is a tough one. I want to say yes. Um, if all that was said is true, that Pop and um, LaMarcus have come to, you know, mutual understanding of how he works, how he plays, as long as that's all consistent with Kawhi also doing his thing and being the superstar that he is, um, 
I think that it can continue. And I, in a perfect world, I think that it would continue and it'd be awesome because they are both great players when they are both in their zone and in their moment. Um, so I'm going to say yes. I think, I think so. This for for me, it, I I can't say yes just yet because I have to see it with my eyes. Like I got to see it after right. a few games with Kawhi together. <laughs> and here's the reason why: because like a- analytically, last night Aldridge had 31% of the Spurs' possessions in his hands. That is actually Kawhi's number during the season, and Aldridge is usually like at 24. So you're so he basically got all of like Kawhi's possessions uh, last night. Plus his. <laughs> and for me, it comes more so to Kawhi. Is he going to be willing to sacrifice some of his scoring or like opportunities as far as like being the guy who who gets the offense going because I feel like that's the part is that like, you know, when I watched them last night, uh, a lot of guys had participation. Danny Green, we mentioned Murray Aldridge, you know, Rudy Gay, there was a lot more ball movement. There was a lot more guys doing different things. And I think that when Kawhi's there, he's obviously so good that you got to run your offense through him because he's an elite, <laughs> elite talent, but a lot of the other guys don't get involved as much and the ball doesn't move because you have to run pick and rolls for him. Um, get him mm-hmm. in the post ups, uh, those kind of things. So I think that if Kawhi, focuses a little bit more on facilitating and getting his assist up, I guess you would say, uh, then I think that it's going to work and kind of just figure out a way, a system where they can both have a little bit more equality and not so much, um, you know, 70, 30 type of offense where it's Kawhi and then 30% LaMarcus. I think, again, I got to see it first and maybe, maybe Kawhi's one thing that Kawhi's a very smart guy. So he's probably watching these games and seeing, you know, where's Aldridge comfortable, you know, what's working for him and what do I need to do when I come, when I eventually get back out there. But again, Mm -hmm. until I see it, I got to see it to believe it. I got to see them both playing in a game uh, for for a few sample sizes and then seeing that, you know, they're both really comfortable where they're at in the, in the back and forth and keeping that two, two man attack going. Uh, Next question comes from at Ty Jagger radio. They ask, how would you rate the Spurs' bench compared to benches around the league? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I I don't think I can give an actual rating as in a number, but Mm. I want to say that they're not up to par yet. Just judging by the first game of the season, I don't – I wasn't too impressed with the Spurs bench. You know, they only scored, I think, um, 28 points, and 14 of those were Rudy Gay. Um, And, you know, then there was Manu. Um, so I think that the Spurs bench could improve. I don't think that they won't improve because the Spurs have always been, um, a franchise that values bench play and versatility. Um, but you know, when you compare them to something like the Golden State bench who scored 48 points on Tuesday, that's a little bit, um, of a mismatch there. So I think that's one of the areas they can and should improve on. Um, so at this point I would say, yeah, they're pretty average. I mean, considering that the Spurs are still a top, you know, team. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I would actually go with, they're probably like a top five still. I think that, um, just like, like we mentioned, it's a luxury to add Rudy Gay now into that system of Manu, Patty, Laverne and uh, Bertans or, you know, Pop hasn't really played Bertans. He played more Aldridge and Gasol together. But I, I think that Rudy Gay is, if he, if he's healthy, he's really going to give them an, an edge there. Um, mm-hmm. And something about Golden State is I, I think they're really good too. Obviously, you know, last week, Tom and I, Tom Petrini and I had this question about the bench and um, I, I thought Golden State was a little bit better the bench wise. But then the other day when they lost the Rockets, you saw that when Durant Curry or Clay wasn't on the floor or Draymond Green, you know, they really struggled there, their, their second yeah, unit right. in, in those minutes. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that they're going to be okay. The Spurs' bench, they're going to be really good. I think, I think it's still elite level just because of all the weapons they have coming off the bench. 
Our next question comes from at Jamie Trent 74. They ask if Rudy can average 12 to 14 points this year and play decent defense, how would you evaluate the signing? Oh gosh. Um, can you say that again? I kind of yes, lost. Yes. Okay. If Rudy Gay can average 12 to 14 points this year and play decent defense, how would you evaluate the signing? So he signed for like $8.4 million, which isn't a lot. He could have got right. more double digits probably. Exactly. I mean, I already think even if he's, you know, just putting up 10 points, 8 points a game, and if he's being a positive impact, moving the ball around, drawing defenders, making other guys open, um, I think that he's – I mean, it's a good signing. I, I'm i happy with it. Um I think that if he was doing that every night, you know, it, what was it? 12, 14 points. And I, I'd be really happy. <laughs> I think that's something that would be really great. Having a bench player consistently scoring 12, 14 points. That's something that would really help the Spurs. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was thinking you know, too, is that if he could just kind of give them 12 points and about five rebounds to assist, that is good quality production off the bench right. for Rudy Gay. And plus, you saw what he does last night. He's going to close lineups for you. He gives you a, more of an edge defensively. Like, it's not just that you're getting a bench player, Rudy Gay. You're getting a closer, a guy who can, you know, like we mentioned, if, if Murray's out there and Kawhi and Danny Green, all these guys, they're going to be able to shut teams down the stretch, and he's going to be a, a crucial part of that. One thing that I saw last night, too, was that he's another ball handler who can run a pick and roll. He can. He's a guy you can give the ball to and say, um, you know, go do something one-on-one. So when Aldridge gets double-teamed or Kawhi, there's option number three now, which is Rudy Gay. Um, who's who's out there? So I think that for eight point four million dollars, as long as he stays healthy, that is a very good signing. Yes. <laughs> um, at Jamie Trent seventy four also ha- uh, asks. They say, uh, I got I gotta say, slow mo Kyle Anderson looks really really good. Does this make the departure of Simmons less significant? Um, I'm not too sure about that. I really liked Jonathan Simmons. Um, I do think Rudy Gay's signing does make it a little bit easier, but I still wish that I would see a little bit more production from Kyle Anderson. He's still a little bit, I, I see like hesitation from him. I don't know. Um, he was, you know, one of the best passers in college. One of his best, I mean, one of his assets was passing. That was one of his selling points. And I haven't seen too much of that. I would like to see more because I know that the Spurs a few years back were, you know, one of the best passing teams. Um, I think that would it would be nicer to see him moving the ball around, um, maybe picking up speed a little bit, too. So I don't know that it completely makes up for losing Jonathan Simmons in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way as far as like I'm not, I'm not as down on Kyle. I, I, think, I think he's gotten better, actually. Um, but as far as like. The Simmons thing, it's more Rudy Gay took his minutes. Like that was – you're basically swapping Simmons' role for Rudy Gay, and I think you made an upgrade there as long as he's healthy. Um, I, I kind of feel bad for Kyle in, in the fact that like he's, he's developing. He's about to become a restricted free agent this summer. Right. And when Kawhi gets healthy again, he's not going to have any minutes. Like you saw him start yesterday. He put up 12 points, nine rebounds. Um, offensively, he did a little bit of everything. He passed the ball. He could get into the post. He could score, get free throws. Um, and then he made the corner three when they left him open. But then defensively, you know, on the other end, Andrew Wiggins went off for like, what was it, 26 points there. 
So, um, you know, defensively he still has a little bit of lapses when he when he has to guard somebody one-on-one. Um, in the help defense, he's okay because of how long he is. But, like, when they're f- completely healthy, um, I just don't know where Kyle plays. Like, there's no there's no minutes for him. There's not a role because, um, you know, Kawhi's going to be the starting guy. Then Rudy comes off the bench. And, of course, when it gets close, Rudy and Kawhi are going to close together. So, so it more seems like Kyle doesn't really have, like, a lot of um, – growth here in this season because of the the, the the situation with the roster right yeah moving on to our last uh, spurs twitter question this one comes from at spurs in chill they ask uh do we like pow and aldridge shooting threes now they're obviously saying the spurs because they don't play on the team but do they like uh, do, you, do you like seeing pow and aldridge shooting threes um i do i think i'm up for any player who's comfortable shooting the three to shoot the three when it's called for when it's a smart choice. Um, and shooting them is one thing, but making them is another and they're making them. So I think I'm happy with it. Um, I know that I read somewhere or saw somewhere that, um, pop asked Aldridge to work on his three over the summer. Um, so I think that's a good, that's, um, it's a good improvement. Well, I mean, he was already shooting threes before then, but, just last night, you know, we saw him shoot a couple, made them. Powell is, you know, the best seven-foot seven three-point shooter. So why would you restrict that? <laughs> yeah, and, and they need it just for today's NBA. You know, if you're going to play two big guys, you got to have one of them out in the corners um, spreading open the offense. And I think that as long as they – you're right. As long as they're smart shots, they're, they're like either spot-up wide-open threes or they're like um, pick-and-pop threes. Those are very good, efficient shots. But if they're obviously like if LaMarcus is just taking dribble, pull up threes or Powell does that, which they don't do it, then, of course, you want to have a talk with them about that. But, yeah, they they need it to survive in today's NBA, especially playing those two big guys on offense, because because Powell's a respected guy. They don't like to they don't like to give him a lot of open threes because, you know, last year he shot over 50 percent. He's right. He's he's the best seven foot center right now shooting threes out there uh, in the NBA. And, of course, if Aldridge keeps taking more threes, he'll eventually start picking up his percentage as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you, SpursCast listeners, for those questions. Um, again, go to hashtag SpursCast if you'd like to ask um, questions again for our next episode. We'll make sure to address those and answer them. Uh, the last segment of our SpursCast with Vicky, we're going to go ahead and go into the um, the preview of the next three games for the Spurs because I probably won't record another SpursCast after next Wednesday. So the first game, Vicky, um, the Spurs continue at Chicago on Saturday night against the Bulls. Let me just read you some of their players. Um, on their roster, and then I'm going to ask you to uh, tell me who do you think will win the game, and by just a edu- just a qu- just a quick guess, like by how many points, not not an actual score, but just how many points do you think so and so will win by? So, um, some core players for the Bulls at point guard, they have Jerry and Grant and Chris Dunn. Um, off at the two, they have Justin Holiday and Denzel Valentine. Um, Paul Zipser at the three. Uh, Cristiano Felicio at the four. Bobby Portis is suspended for eight games because he punched his teammate, Nikola Miritich, in practice two days ago. And Miritich is now in the hospital with with broken bones in his face. So and then, of course, at the center, you have Robin Lopez and Laurie Markkinen. Um, Obviously, they're the the lowest. They're the youngest. They're one of the youngest teams in the league. They got rid of all their veterans. And you saw that what pays off there is that in practice they get into fight with each other. Um, they were expected to finish, um, you know, in the bottom of the East there. They're, yeah, they were expected to finish last in the East this season by Vegas. Uh, so who do you think is the favorite to win that game and by how many points? Um, I do think the Spurs are going to take that. Um, just considering the fact that the Bulls, like, um, which is obvious, they're going through a bit of a rough patch. Um they don't have any vets. Um, they're, I think, probably going through some frustrations. So I want to say the Spurs, and I'm going to say probably by, oh, gosh, I want to say by 12, 14, 
around cool. there. Yeah, oh, on myself, uh, so, so you say 12 or 14 points. I'm going to go Spurs by 17, just okay. at the lowest, just for my guess. So, okay, so you got 12 or 14. <laughs> I got 17 just because, you know, that's going to be that's gonna be a game where Pops probably resting guys in the fourth quarter um, exactly. as long as they bring the right attitude. Okay, so so the Spurs were expected to start 2-0. and Then on Monday, they come back to San Antonio and they host the Toronto Raptors. Here are some core players on the Raptors team. They have Kyle Lowry at the, at the point, DeLon Wright off the bench, uh, DeMar DeRozan at the two. Um, as I see Norman Powell there as well off the, at the two. And then you got CJ Miles, Bruno Caboclo, um, Serge Ibaka, Pasco Siakam, and then Jonas Valanciunas and Lucas Norguera. So Vicky, on Monday in San Antonio, who do you think wins that game? That, that game, the Spurs or the Raptors, and by how many points? Spurs, um, especially because they're home. And I want to say seven. Seven. That, that's a that's a good that's a good prediction there. I, I'm actually going to go with the Spurs as well, and I'd say probably by. Yeah, seven to nine points just because, you know, the Raptors are a really good competitive team. They're one of the top teams in the East. But history-wise, they haven't had a good good um, history of beating the Spurs recently, even though Kawhi's going to be out of that game probably. Um, you know, so I think that, yeah, you'll give that San Antonio by seven to nine points would be my guess as well. Um, and then next Wednesday, the Spurs here, uh, they play the Miami Heat. So let me read you. Uh, this is actually in Miami, though. It's an early tip-off on, in San Antonio's time. It's at 6 p.m. because of the, 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 the one-hour delay. Uh, in time zones. So the Miami's core roster is Goran Dragic and Tyler Johnson at the one, uh, Dion Waiters, Wayne Ellington at the two, uh, Josh Richardson at the three, um, James Johnson and Justice Winslow at the four, and also Kelly Olenek and then uh, Hassan Whiteside at the five. So in Miami next Wednesday, who do you think wins that, that game, the Spurs or the Heat, and by how many points? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm still going to go with the Spurs. Considering the Heat are, um, I mean, they've already lost their first game to the Magic. <laughs> so I think that maybe they, they're kind of working a little bit, trying to improve. As long as the Spurs guard the backcourt, I think that they'll perform well. Um, and I want to say by, hmm, I'm going to say nine. Nine. Okay, okay. You got that a little bit. Yeah, see, I'm debating that one too. As far as I think, I'm definitely going with the Spurs in that one as, as well. I just don't think Miami can keep up with with San Antonio's squad even without Kawhi. And on that one, I'll go ten to twelve. I think that they'll be okay against the Heat. It won't be it won't be too bad of a of a it won't be too too tough of a, of a victory for San Antonio. So so by by the next time I do the Spurs cast, Spurs listeners, uh, maybe um, Spurs are what what is that like three and 4 and zero already? Yeah, yeah, four and zero. Most like mostly, we'll see if Vicky and I are right. Um, Okay, uh, thank you, Vicky, for, for coming on to SpursCast, episode 466. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Thank you again to Vicky for joining me on SpursCast, episode 466. If you're on Twitter, please follow her at the Vicky Vix. These are just a few reminders uh, before um, c- closing out this show. Is um, Please visit ProjectSpurs.com if you have a chance. Uh, a lot of great content going up there right now. Um, Tom Petrini has a big feature piece on DeJounte Murray and his, and his upcoming second um, year as, as a spur. Um, you know, he's really young and he showed that capability of, of, the, of the potential he has. Tom wrote about that um, as Murray heads into a sophomore season. Um, if you want to know about three standout players and, and Steven Anderson breaks them down, uh, three of the Spurs' players uh, in, in that opening night win against Minnesota. Colin Reed previews the entire Southwest division of the Spurs. So like the New Orleans Pelicans, the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Houston Rockets, and of course the Spurs. He kind of gives you a little breakdown of each team, what they did over the summer, whether they're trending upward or downward. And then he also gives a prediction of how, how he thinks they're going to finish um, this season record wise. 
Uh, Michael DeLeon looked at three questions the Spurs are facing heading into the season, um, into the beginning of the season. So, so Mike, uh, you know, got the three most important questions that, that he that he thought of as far as like you know what 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 is really on a lot of people's minds with the Spurs and you know what what are we looking really looking forward to here for them. And Mike really uh, addresses that in that piece. It's over on Project Spurs as well. We have we added a new writer over the offseason. Um, his name is RJ Ochoa. So please, um, you know, give him a follow on Twitter. And then his 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 first piece is about um, how how the Spurs compare to the Rockets and Warriors. Obviously, it's only opening night here in the NBA, but uh, RJ takes a look at you know just on paper where where do they stack up with each other? You know you know how much further behind or ahead are, are the Spurs against the, the the Rockets? And then also with the Warriors, you know how much further behind are they? Uh, Roger goes into detail. That, I mean, um, RJ goes into 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 detail there. Uh, and then lastly, Vicky, who I had on the Spurs cast, she she opened up our, our season uh, preview week on Monday with a piece about um, projecting the Spurs as sophomores, just kind of where, where she thinks that uh, Murray's going to grow, where Davis Bertans might grow a little bit, and Brent Forbes, you know, what they, what their projection looks like this coming season. Uh, so so Vicky has that, that up on Twitter. I mean, on, on Project Spurs, should I say, um, right now, if you want to go check those those pieces out from our from our writing staff. Um, I will have the Spurs' um, hammer play that where they had Rudy Gay run it for it, and they, he passed Daddy Green in the corner in their opening game. I'm going to go ahead and break that one down in one of those um, play breakdown pieces. Again, if you have a question for next week's episode, the Spurs should have already played uh, probably four games by then. Uh, do send that question to hashtag SpursCast. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll try to remind you. And, of course, follow at Project Spurs, at League underscore NBA, at the Spurs cast and at Project Spurs Network. And again, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send out some reminders through those Twitter accounts um, as well to, to make sure you send the hashtag Spurs cast if you have a question that you want us to address next week on the episode. Um, also visit, again, ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLead.com, and SpursOn6.com. And if you are uh, listening to this on iTunes, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Um, you know, Let us know how it's going. Thank you. Have a great day.